0: And welcome to the Revs Rachel podcast, in which we are currently going through Schitt's Creek two, although today it'll be three episodes at a time. Uh, would you like to introduce yourself, Rachel?
1: Yeah. Uh, hi, I am Reverend Rachel Harrison of St. Paul's Episcopal Church in Mount Vernon, Ohio. We are right down the street, well, several miles down the road from. Like four. Four. Four miles. Five? Five, something
0: like that. From Gambier, Ohio. Fifteen minutes. Barely. All right, this is a great introduction. I am the Reverend Rachel (laughs) Kessler of Gambier, Ohio. We're a smooth sailing operation here. Um, Nothing but high quality professionalism from us. Mm -hmm. Anyway, I am the rector of Harcourt Parish in Gambier, Ohio, and also chaplain at Kenyon College, where (sighs) I make a lot of students watch Schitt's Creek. Which, yeah, that's pretty that's all I do. Like, campus ministry, man, just talking about TV with students. I, you know, I do I get need.
1: the impression, and correct me if I'm wrong, or maybe don't, because then I'll be disappointed, I'm tipping my hand, that a lot of campus ministry in the best way is connecting over, over pop culture. And I love it. I
0: mean, I, I think it's, want it. there is some of that. And I don't want to say that in the way of like...
1: Oh, I don't mean that in a flip so, way at no,
0: all. No. Yeah. But I think it's, you know, if you're... There, There is something about connecting through pop culture or just relating to the, the world more broadly, I guess. Well,
1: And when I think yeah. about my college experience, honestly, it's a lot of, sounds so weird, but sharing pop culture with my friends yeah. in a reciprocal oh, way. Like I yeah. remember being in my dorm and everybody being like, what? You haven't seen Zoolander and watching Zoolander? And one of my first roommates grew up at a house without cable. So we were just constantly renting TV shows that I had grown up with and she hadn't seen. That's hilarious. <laughs> but she watched a lot of movies and I didn't. So it was it was just really funny. Like that to me is such a huge part my one of my greatest college memories. Um not to go off on a tangent was introducing my friend Anne to Star Wars. She grew up in a family wow. of super outdoorsy people where it wasn't like they had anything against Star Wars. It was like, oh, you know, it's lame. It was just like, these were just not, it was not a movie family. And watching someone fall in love, which was really funny. We started with episode four and she didn't really understand right. why, but she knew that, considered me and a couple other people to be experts. So it was like, it's fine. I trust you. I just don't <laughs> understand why we're starting with four. And I was like, just, just trust me. Um, and she loved every minute of it and it was one of the great joys, Yeah. It was, it was just this really joyful weekend where we watched the first three really fast because she just was loving it. And then it took us a really long time to get through episode one and two. I mean, it was very funny. There was like a lot of pausing and a lot of like, oh, should we order a pizza? Let's pause the movie to think about it. It was very funny. (laughs) And just like that to me was a lot of my, my college experience and seminary too, in some ways of like sharing pop culture with each other and people from all over the country and um it is such a great way to connect with people and, and that's part of what I love about doing this it's, it's a lovely lot of fun. there you yes. go segues uh, yeah it. exactly um so we watched three episodes and we were just we did about, and we're gonna, we're gonna kind of hustle through episode 10
0: well this is we, we were sort of chatting before we got started and then we were both like do we have to talk about episode t-? actually it's episode 11 is it eleven? Okay, I've yeah. just
1: labeled my
0: notes. Then. Um, episode, and we were like, "Do we have
1: to talk about this one?"
0: <laughs> and I, yeah, you were you were so you sounded so relieved when I was like, "This is one of my least favorite <laughs> sort of episodes the... of the whole show." Well,
1: it, it was very d- disappointing because this is the episode where we meet Moira's sister, Dee and when I saw the description pop up, I was like, We "Never oh, meet her
0: again. We never what? meet her again." Are you kidding? We never. So meet that's her even again. more
1: annoying because it was like, "Oh, Moira has a sister. I bet you this is going to be super fun," and especially given the revelation with Jocelyn. Yeah. That, um, you know, she's also from a small town. I was like, oh, this is going to be, you know, I, I think this is going to be good. It it was Missed nothing. opportunity. It yeah, that's a good way of describing it. It was nothing. The status quo did not change. Um, but I do have two things I want to say about this episode really quick.
0: Bring um, it on. One,
1: it was really nice. This was the episode where we saw, and I had to look at my notes because I couldn't remember if it was the other ones, um, where... I learned two things. One, the Tropical Grill sells alcohol, and I'm just making mm. an observation that was really funny. I didn't notice it before. I love that they are both the town cafe and bar. I think that's funny.
0: We haven't um, met the wobble. Eventually, we'll go to the Wobbly Elm. Oh, there is a bar. Okay. It, it actually there made me wonder. Bar. I
1: was like, so, are yeah. they basically just an, serving all the water Elm- it, it, needs? It's an oh, Elmdale. Oh, gotcha. Okay. All the good stuff um, is an Deal. So I actually loved Twyla... Uh, or I'm sorry... Alexis was kind of kind to Twyla Mm -hmm. in a roundabout way by sort of warning her, hey, maybe don't write a song for Mutt. Maybe, you know, talk to him first. And Twyla took it exactly as it was intended. As awkward as Alexis was being, um, I really appreciated that this episode was setting up the fact that Alexis has more integrity than Mutt. I appreciated that. Um, that was really nice. And now I want to have two very brief rants that could probably relate to any of the episodes, but I just I have to get this off my chest. And this and isn't this just what this we're show here for Rachel. It's many shows. Um and I mentioned this before, but this this string of episodes made it even worse for me. I think the costuming on this show is excellent. Um Moira is perfect. I love it. I've heard from people before, she's a style icon. I think Eugene Levy looks great and and just like the way the way everyone is styled i think is perfect for their have i
0: did i tell you did we talk about this before about how like those costumes weren't built for the show like dan levy scoured the internet and bought these pieces and so like all these costumes that people are wearing are one like they had one piece i love this so they were not built costumes they're actual fashion pieces and and i think it they found online
1: yeah, yeah, and I think that shows. Like like the clothing makes a lot of sense for the characters. It helps you understand them and it and not just understand them but understand it as a choice with yeah. one exception. And this annoys me. Um I hate Stevie's makeup. Um I am kind of obsessed with makeup on TV. So to be fair, well, you I know are I'm very, You game. are a
0: good makeup artist for those who well, cannot well, see thank you. you. This is a this is an audio medium, but I mean <laughs> right. you're, you're um, but Into what the really makeup game
1: what really bothers me is that like Moira, for example, her makeup is perfect. Um, like smoked out eye. You get she she buys. Like, um, I can tell the brand she buys, if that makes sense. Like you can tell the ads that she's emulating. Stevie is wearing perfect eyeliner and false lashes in every scene. It is annoying. Stevie, the character, would never put on false lashes. She's clearly wearing false lashes. It annoys me and I hate it. And I found an article recently that was really fascinating. I will try to find it to send it to you um, okay. and, I'll, and I can use our, our Twitter. But it was actually this really fascinating article um, talking to a bunch of anonymous television makeup artists about how actresses today will demand false lashes even when directors will or whomever will say, you play a cop. <laughs> you wow. know like like you shouldn't but it's because it's so trendy right now and I just like false lashes as a trend anyway which is fine mm. trends or whatever that's fine you can wear what you like but I just for the show though it bothers me because I feel like it, it sticks out to me And as Mm -hmm. soon as I noticed it, I couldn't unnotice it, that to me, Stevie sticks out like a sore thumb. Mm. And I do think some of that is intentional, that she doesn't really fit in anywhere. And that relates to these episodes. But the false lashes in particular, it does not make sense to me that the character of Stevie is sitting there with lash glue every morning. (laughs) She is not. And I just had to get that off my chest. Another thing, I had a moment of shame on on Friday. I put up Uh, We bought a house. It is our first house. Previously, we lived in an apartment that was literally the size of our current living room. So we don't have a lot of stuff and our walls are very bare. So I bought an Ikea set of pictures that are like pre-laid out where it's it's very like manufactured cottage core. And we hung this thing on the wall to show us how to do the spacing. And I thought of Ted while we were doing it, (laughs) like buying his apartment decor. And I just kind of had this moment of being like... This is so basic. I love it. I love how it looks. But it's one of those things that, like, I can imagine someone coming to my house and being like, "Wow, they worked really hard for that." And it's like, "No, it was a kit we bought from IKEA." Um, I love it so much. So, I, I so as we were working on this, I thought of Ted and just kind of had this moment of not shame exactly, but just like, "Oh."
0: I mean, yeah. IKEA caused that. <laughs> when I was living in, when I was living in Toronto, so one of the things I loved about Toronto is that I'd, there were two IKEAs in the Greater Toronto. Love area. it loved uh and you would go to you know you're talking about a city just full of apartments and condos and people in tiny little houses right yes. and so no matter whose house you went to you're always like oh I know what I have that thing <laughs> I or know, I know exactly I what know. that is and just like everyone had the same Ikea furniture Austin was kind like of that ruined. too
1: because yeah. and, and we're all living in you know everybody's even in people in houses they're shoe boxes you know so yeah. it's like yeah. No, I just, I, I just, I loved it. It was very funny. I just had this moment of solidarity with Ted buying his apartment fully furnished yeah, there's first from... people
0: to have solidarity with than Ted.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. A character who I feel pretty sorry for right now.
0: Right, so um, shall we, let's move on. So I want to just take a moment in this episode um, to talk about the little dweeb that David, I, I just, my notes just say, I can't stand the little dweeb. Oh um, yeah. So David's moment, David's moment of trying to have a very special episode. With uh Jocelyn's student, do you, any do we have anything we want to unpack there? All all um... I want to say is I like lo- I f- there is a part of David. A I think there is a part of David that actually does care about him on some like wants mm-hmm. to be like he actually I like when he you know sort of turns around after the kids sort of tells him off and is just like you are gonna be okay right you're stable yeah you know he's not. David is not totally heartless, but I just, there's a me there is a meanness to that kid that just feels unnecessary.
1: And it was a shame because, yeah, I felt the same way. And it was a shame because I liked the moment where he said, you and essentially, this isn't a direct quote, but you and no one else can solve my problem. I am a gay kid in a small town high school. Yeah. You know, like there is no, I don't need mentoring. (laughs) You know, like, I feel like, like
0: it's my reaction to all the people that want to give me helpful advice about <laughs> being a parent in a pandemic. I'm like, yeah. go away. You know what? It sucks. It's the right. way it is. No, exactly. I have no, you have nothing to offer me.
1: <laughs> well, it, yeah, exactly. It's, it's... Other than the
0: people, for the, for the people who, are, who just say, I know that this is rough and I give you my moral support. I'm very grateful for, for that. Right. Clarify.
1: But well, but that's that's a really good point, though, because and there's also just something and the show didn't really nail this. There's something deeply condescending. And they could have had a moment of solidarity where it was like, oh, hey, they literally looked around and said, oh, hey, there's a, you know, kind of flamboyant man. Surely you must have wisdom to yeah. share to this gay kid. Like they could have had a moment of solidarity there. Like David could have had a moment of being yeah. like, hey, no, I am not qualified to help you with this, but I was sent here. So, mm-hmm. you know,
0: like like that. But there they didn't. They didn't yeah, do Yeah,
1: they didn't do that. And, and instead, I don't really know what purpose it sold. Was it yeah. like a generational thing of like this teenager gets that your friends with benefits relationship is a mess? I don't know. It just it was messy and I didn't like it. And um, yeah, the only the only thing about this episode that I really connected with was that Twyla Alexis moment. Where, mm-hmm. where Twyla or Alexis is kind to Twyla um, in a very roundabout sort of messy, but nonetheless, yes. I thought affecting, affecting way. Uh, not enough to realize that Mutt is the worst yet, but. Um,
0: yeah, no, it was a nice moment. It was, And I did like, I mean, I, I thought that it was also interesting having the moment between Alexis and Ted where Alexis kind of realizes that she's into something more serious with Ted than she's ever really had before. Yeah. And and reflecting on that.
1: Yeah. I, I I appreciate it. I appreciate that. I appreciated Alexa, Alexis in this episode um, a lot. And, and, but she didn't, this is, this is telling. She didn't, she wasn't there that much. You know, the episode really wasn't about her. It was about this thing with Moira's sister, who I'm even more annoyed knowing that she doesn't come back. Although that said, I didn't particularly enjoy the character anyway. It didn't add anything. Yeah. So, I mean, because my thought at the end of the episode was, I suppose you could fix this. You you know, like in the sense of, um, you know, if they wanted to, they could take the character and make it... um, you know, do something with her later, but they don't mm-hmm. apparently. So that's really annoying. Um,
0: so I will say the one, the one thing that this episode does give us between David and Stevie is the best wishes, warmest regards, which becomes a bit of a Schitt's Creek thing. Oh, that's fun. Not, not so much, not so much a catchphrase, but it, it is on a lot of Shit's Creek mer- merchandise. Oh, that's the, the best wishes, warmest regards uh, is, is nice. So shall we move on to better yes, episodes and more substantive to things to talk about?
1: Episode 12?
0: Yes, so 12 and 13.
1: Okay, where we are planning a birthday party for Moira.
0: Yeah, so should we just... mess this up. Yeah, so Johnny plans a surprise party for Moira under the guise that he is planning a fundraiser, but she wants to take control of the event.
1: And I... What was fun about this episode for me was you got to once again, see some of the characters I enjoy watching interact, interact. Uh, we haven't, you know, I, I realized watching this episode, we haven't seen that much Johnny and David. No. So that was fun watching them like do a. aside job. from that
0: episode where Johnny was trying to give David work advice.
1: Oh yeah. Which also went was badly,
0: which also went badly. I do love that. We have more Moira and you know, it's telling that when Moira decides she's going to take over the event, she comes to David like, like clearly right. there is this solidarity between them, or mm-hmm. this sense of, you know, David would understand the <laughs> yes. her need to save the event, right? I like, I like that.
1: And I also liked that he blows the surprise, but in doing so, I actually thought it was born out of his understanding of his mother. Oh, 100%. you know, it wasn't him yes. trying to make things easier for himself. It was him realizing, okay, she is just going to. She's not going to Be stop. a bulldozer. Yes. Yeah, unless unless I do this. I know you well enough to know that this is not going to end well. So he just finally tells her, we're planning a surprise party for you, um, which was great. And by the way, the party looked fun.
0: I love well, that. Well, so this like, is a moment. That's a say, fun-looking party. So my – one of the things that I wrote down, and I, I did not do a great job taking notes on these episodes, but one of the things I wrote down is that, like, I feel like that that party – is the first moment that really captures the feel of the show going forward. Mm. Right. There is something in that party where, you know, Moira and Johnny kind of acknowledge that the town cleans up well, as they put mm-hmm. it. Um, you know, people are having a good time together. David and Stevie actually managed to have a semi honest yes. and real conversation about the state of their relationship and have this really sweet dance together. Um like there is, there's something there that I feel like is the seeds of what the show becomes going forward.
1: And, and I, I say this as grudgingly as I can, Mutt also cleans up nice.
0: He looked good we, in We can, suit. we can be begrudging about Mutt periodically.
1: Although I thought it was funny because, um, I half expected, although I, I realized it wasn't going to happen because I could tell where the episode was in terms of runtime, it was interesting to me that he showed up at the party and his parents reacted not at all, mm. or there was no indication of of that. Because I mean, previously the setup was that Mutt and Roland have essentially don't have a right. you know they're they're yeah. basically estranged. So I I I Except realized the party that party was the at point. the
0: party was at his house though. The party was at his. Barn. That's true.
1: That's so. true. So maybe I mean at the very least. Yeah. I mean, clearly, they, it's not like they come to blows, but it was just, right. um, in a way, a little disappointing to me that the yeah. show didn't. But I don't know if the episode needed that. You know, that's not yeah. that's not what the episode was trying to do. Also, do it was, we
0: care enough about Mutt and Rollin that we want to like see them work out? And that's their kind of my <laughs>
1: point: is that it was it's one of those things that um, I hate when people get on TV shows for dropping plot elements that never worked in the first place.
0: Well, and I kind of like, I think there's something like that to Moira's sister, right? Okay. Yeah. They dropped it, but at some point you have to, the problem with writing a TV show, unlike writing a novel is that you can go back and edit a novel as you go through. And at some point with the TV show, if a plot line isn't working in the first season, well, it's probably better to step away.
1: TV shows, unlike say something like a novel, so many disparate parts. Like sometimes things change in a TV show because characters have really actors have really great chemistry. You Mm -hmm. know, something sometimes things change because they have no chemistry. You know, it can just or
0: that that's a conversation I wanna have in like season four.
1: Oh, that's interesting because I was actually thinking about that a lot as I was thinking about the season wrapping up because Oh interesting. Okay. I one of the things that I was thinking about as it related to Mutt and I was really thinking about it after this episode is I, I was kind of curious at the end of this season I was thinking, do the showrunners want us to like Mutt? Mm. I can't tell. You know what I mean? Sometimes you can see that with a show, where a show's yeah. like, tipping their hand, where it's like, oh, no, these guys are endgame. You know, you can have that mm-hmm. moment of, oh, no, or oh, yes, you know, this, this is, the show is, is tipping its hand a little bit. And I was kind of wondering about that throughout this, is that was the point of him showing up looking the best he's ever looked? In a suit, he's furnished his barn. You know, was the point of this to make us kind of root for
0: them? I do not know if I have an answer for that.
1: Yeah, I don't know either. It just it was interesting to me because you can sort of I, I think one of the most interesting things to me with TV in a meta way is to look at first seasons. Because I mean the the, the mm. frequent refrain with so many shows is it's great except for the first season. That's really I mean not every show, but you know, unless we're a lot talking of shows, about lost. <laughs> right right unless right well and and exactly that's exactly right is some shows start strong but there are so many great shows um, yeah. where even if the first season I know I've talked about it before but breaking bad is the classic example of this where the the first season got cut short by the writers strike and, and they have said that that was the best thing that ever happened to the show because yeah. it gave them a chance to rewatch the episodes and sit down and really reflect on, on what happened. So I, I love watching first season finales this way to think about oh. how things how things change, like how the how the premise changed, because that, well, I was just kind of thinking that, like, I, I wonder if they were sort of feeling out mutt as being end game. Mm. I don't know.
0: Well, shall we, shall we finish off talking about these episodes and then do our, our retrospective on the, on the first yeah, season where absolutely. you are, where, absolutely. where you are as a first time. Um, you oh, are and I do want to point season? out
1: episode 12. Um, I love Alexis saying that she was wearing her prom dress. Yes, I just, right. that was funny. Um, And it also was another one of those moments where I felt painfully seen because I thought I was very sophisticated when I was 18 because my prom dress was black and I was very proud of myself for wearing it again. In fact, I wore it again several times and I was very proud of myself that I I was so sophisticated, unlike my peers, to have a um, knee-length black prom dress that I could, of course, wear again. So, um, yeah, a little insight into me at 18. (laughs)
0: <laughs> um uh do we want to talk about johnny and the candles on the cake i felt like that was a yeah. really touching moment yeah. a, a real moment of poignancy for johnny not that He's... as a clergy person i advocate stealing t- candles from a bakery
1: but it was but it was sad
0: it was really sad
1: it was it was such a such a um because like my first thought was you don't need candles who cares
0: but he yeah. needed the ca- you know he needed he... the candles.
1: I and I think it had a lot to do with the fact that he couldn't afford them. Yeah. You know, wanting to have candles for his wife's birthday cake. Like, it was like, what, $2.50? Yeah. What a, what a sad thing. Um, it reminded me of a, it actually made me think of a charity I know in Chicago where the whole thing they do is birthday cakes for kids on um, free and reduced lunches.
0: Oh, wow. Like, the
1: parents can apply. It's really cool where it's, it's like, yeah, a bunch of different really bakeries cool. do it. The parents can apply and, and they will. They can just pick up, you know, a free birthday cake awesome. for their kid. Yeah, it's really cool because it's just this acknowledgement. And, and what's neat about it is that it's a charity where they're recognizing, like, we can't fix everything, but this is something we can do and do well
0: for Well, people. and also, can we, like, not to, like, not, like, to get really real or to get into it, but, like, can we talk about the way that we address poverty in this country and that, like and in Canada too, to some degree, but like, I don't know that if you have, well, A, the way we police people's choices who right. don't have means, right? Like, right. and like how dare you um, have a television? How dare you have a television? And like, right. and like what, what food people opt to buy with like food stamps mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And um, that, that, but like, there is a dignity in luxury, right? There is a yeah. dignity in the and, and like, we should advocate for that. We should advocate for people to be able to have birthday cakes and candles. You know, like if we, as right. we think about the world, right? Ra- and, rather and, and than not just luxury, but choice. Yeah, a choice. The, yes. Autonomy, that, agency. Yes,
1: yeah, 100%. One of the things that I learned years ago from someone who worked – this is somebody who did training for people in homeless shelters. One of the things that they said is that so often with um, homeless populations or, or needy populations, you'll find um, that – they can be rude to volunteers, but in very specific ways, where it's yeah. like, keep in mind that this is probably the only choice that this person is going to get to make all week. Yes. Yes. So much of their life is a complete void of choice. So yes. if they're being weird to you about which shampoo you're handing to them, that is part of what you're giving them, is the yeah. opportunity to be like, no, I want the yeah. Garnier, not the whatever, You know yeah. that, that that is actually um, part of the gift that you are giving them. Um, and which I, which I really appreciated this organization acknowledging that, you know, and, and like, they didn't want the volunteers to get abused, but it was like, yes. you know, in the small ways that the, yeah, part of what we're offering is the opportunity to make choices. And that's really important. It was lovely.
0: And, and Johnny, as someone who has always had that for granted, like taken that for granted, mm-hmm. right. Um, so
1: and it's interesting because yeah. it's not like Moira is the type of person who would have been like, "What? No candles!" Like in terms of her no, notions of sophistication. No, but it was what he wanted to be able
0: to offer her, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, and I mean, Moira probably would look down on two two dollar fifty candles from the bakery, right? You know, I mean, that's <laughs> right. But anyway, I thought it was a, a poignant moment, and I think it is. It should impact or reflect on the way we think about people who are experiencing poverty yeah. and and the way that that this this idea that we seem to have collectively that if you are someone who is either going through a period of financial hardship or in systemic poverty, like you sh- you shouldn't have any you know, I don't know the, right. the, the infamous Fox News report a while back about like people who live below the poverty line have microwaves and refrigerators. It's like,
1: yeah, I don't know. Uh, I know, so I know
0: it's it's so. It's anyway, not- I digress. I digress. No,
1: but but it was it was a very um it was a very cozy episode. It was yes. a very cozy episode. I I really appreciated about that. It it moved very quickly, in yes. some ways, especially compared to the previous episode. But it was just there was something very cozy about it. Um, the little the party was very cozy. Um, everything about it was just very um. It's a strange way to put it, but like relaxing
0: almost. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it felt good. It was a feel-good. It's the, It was like maybe the first indication about why people say Shit's Creek is a feel-good show. Because I don't think until this point yeah. there would have been anything that presu- – I don't know if your experience up to this point is like, why do people call this a feel-good show? Right.
1: No, yeah. you know, it's funny. I hadn't thought about that. But you make a good point, you know, that I, I thought about it more as a comedy. Um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: A very clever – comedy more than i thought of it as being um cozy and affirming but yeah this episode yeah. definitely was um it was lovely i enjoyed watching all the characters interact um, i have to give a shout
0: out to ronnie i just have a note that says <laughs> yes. i love ronnie when they were talking about the when they like when moira started taking over the fundraiser the quote-unquote fundraiser <clears> and uh started asking about and we have tickets you know do we have ticket prices yet and ronnie just from the background is like i'm not paying for this <laughs> like <laughs> oh bless you ronnie Right. right we also uh, to 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 make a segue into the next uh as we're just as we're just doing our fast track through these episodes uh Ronnie in the coat that Jocelyn gives away yes i love i love it so much yeah i think that, that was... is my favorite thing in the in the season finale is Ronnie in that in that fur coat
1: yes it was it was really it was really great really good um The show is very good at introducing characters very gradually, but telling us a lot in very minimal, you know, minimal interactions. And I love it. Um, So the next episode to just go right into it, Ted proposes to Alexis.
0: So what is your thought about that?
1: I don't know what to think about Ted. I have to tell you, I don't dislike Ted. I don't. and, And maybe that's the point that I just don't have strong feelings for him, but I'm just looking at this and I'm like, what is your motivation? Because in some ways I I would understand if they're characterizing Ted as being similar to Stevie and like, this is my town, this is my hometown. However, I don't fit in, you know, and some of the things that Mutt had said about him in high school would, would track with that. You know, he was the guy that was stuffed into lockers and now he's the very, um, (laughs) <laughs> like Kendall attractive attractive, yes. uh, veterinarian.
0: I, I think that's kind of the deal with with Ted, right? I think, um, you know, I think Ted, I mean, he's the guy that buys his apartment on a Black Friday sale, right? And it comes right. pre-assembled. I think there's not, I think Ted is just meant to be nice and earnest and have, and he sees Alexis and Alexis is pretty and she is this, you know, she is extraordinary, whatever you want to say about her mm-hmm. inner life or lack thereof. And so I I think Ted is just, this is a person that I am, I am attracted to and I've, I've fixated on and, you know, like, I don't think there's a great there, there with Ted.
1: And I struggle with that because again, the... I don't think he's mon- like secretly monstrous yeah. or anything. I'm not saying that, but, but that's also really kind of objectifying in many ways, like he clearly recognizes that she can be a bad person, but has zero interest yeah. in challenging her to be better. You know, he, his interest he, is in just yeah. pushing that aside, um, just kind of hoping it goes away. And I don't know. I don't know. I struggle. I struggle a little bit with that in terms of, you know, looking at him and thinking. Again, as we've said, I don't think he's particularly good for Alexis. She's not good for him either. So it's not you know it's not as if um one is great for the other and and one is giving so much and the other isn't but yeah there's just something very shallow in him proposing to her where yeah. it just i just struggle it's like is she, she she's not an object
0: <laughs> like if he actually her. knew if he actually knew and understood her why on earth would he be proposing to yeah. her yeah yeah
1: yeah and and if he were and and it doesn't need to be particularly deep, you know, like if yeah. you're just even trying, you would know that at the very least you need to spend more, more time together. Um, yeah. And that was, that was tough. So I don't know. I'm, I'm struggling with Ted, um, G- but, give, which is give fine. Ted,
0: give Ted a minute is, is all I'll say.
1: Yeah. And I'm, and I'm on, I'm on board with that. You know, that's what I'm saying. It's just, it's, yeah. it's just a struggle for me kind of looking at, at all these interactions because, Another little side rant. I'm really getting tired of love triangles as a plot device. 100%. And and this is such a classic, obvious love triangle of nice guy versus rugged...
0: Bad boy. Bad rugged, boy. Rugged, un- emotionally unavailable bad boy.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's basically a YA novel. Um, I, you know,
0: I also love... Can I also say the things that I love about Ted are that he... You know, his his taking Alexis away is to go to a veterinary conference uh-huh. and stay uh-huh. in, like, a Marriott business suite. Right. And, and this is... Alexis, who's gone from being on all of these international, like, adventures and mm-hmm, hijinks, right. is now what she has to look forward to is going to a conference hotel.
1: But part of what's great about the character is that she's not she's treating it like she's going to a
0: resort. Oh, 100%. 100%. 100% right.
1: And there's no guile in it. You know, it's no. just, it's very sincere. Like, like she is excited for this trip. It's a big deal for her. Um, even though as someone who has taken a spouse on what are essentially business trips, um, it's not super fun for them. <laughs> necessarily. No, uh, it seems like it might, but it's not, I promise. And, so yeah, it's, it's very, I don't know. It's an interesting, it's an interesting relationship, but I think we I lo- to I have on. to add, We've, we're oh. dancing around the biggest relationship that's been evolving in these three episodes, which has been Stevie and David.
0: Can I, oh, before we go on, yeah. into Stevie and David, uh, which I definitely want to talk about, can I say my favorite line of Alexis is when uh, Ted says, originally I was going to give this to you on our all-inclusive vacation, and Alexis goes, what's an <laughs> all-inclusive vacation? Yes. That was really I just, good. We needed, to, we needed to highlight that line because that so... warms my heart.
1: Alexis works because she's sincere
0: absolutely you know, absolutely if, if the
1: meanness were just meanness it wouldn't work but no she is completely sincere she literally is hugely
0: oblivious dice. yeah She's just hugely oblivious her powers
1: of observation are I, I was about to say poor that's not entirely true um narrow they're very narrow
0: well because um, she sees david she knows how to hurt david Right. When she's like when she and David are talking about I want to come back to David and Stevie, but I want to talk about like just David for a minute. That when they decide that Mm. they so so the whole point of this episode, this is this is a very rambly podcast today, but that's yeah The whole point of this episode is that Johnny has a potential buyer for the town. They feel like they're getting out and everyone starts making their plans for where they're going to go when they sell the town. And David wants to go back to New York, but you can see there's this, he is aware of how shallow his life, like he's, he's had a realization right. of how shallow and lonely his life was. His
1: friends did abandon him.
0: And, and Alexis, and that's what Alexis knows how to poke at, right? Mm-hmm. Like Alexis knows how to say, oh, your friends all dumped you when you stopped being able to pick up the bill. And David knows that. And he does not, like, I think it's telling that he, for all that he and Alexis have this bickering, he wants her to come to New York with him. Yeah. Yeah. And then he tries to get Stevie to come to New York with him, and I think that's just very—it's a very powerful tell about David's character. And I like um, when he when he goes through it with Alexis, when he goes through it with Stevie, and he realizes that he's on his own, and he comes back to Johnny and wants more money from the sale of the town. And it's kind of a it's kind of a dark moment for David. Yeah, and and it's it is a, a moment of meanness. And there's I I wanna, there's one line in the finale of in the in the series finale that is not a spoiler but there but moira and alexis have this this moment where moira says to alexis oh did david say something to you dear he can be very cruel but it's all fear-based and i was just like that's david's character right and i think it's telling that that's still true of him in this series finale um David can be cruel, but it's all fear-based, right? He can be a really mean, like he can be mean, but it is so rooted in his like anxiety and fear of being rejected, right? you know, and I just, I think that's very powerfully laid out here.
1: It is, and it, and and that said, it's really hard to watch because yeah. you know you just laid out one of the things that that really struck me that is being so painful in this episode is that it's becoming increasingly obvious that Stevie likes him, yeah, way more than well, she likes says her. it, and she knows it. She she completely realizes where the relationship is, um, and right, and it, at the very least, he's being honest, but. Yeah. Um, it really hurts to think that he asked Alexis first. Yeah. Um, You know, just that, not that he's not allowed to, you know, have a relationship with his sister, but just thinking about it that way, it's like, oh gosh, poor Stevie. Yeah. Uh, And, and that is just really, really painful. And how it's, it's interesting though, because, and I, it, it was very clear to me watching this episode. Stevie has no idea what she wants, but at least she knows I don't want this. You know, yeah. I, I, I don't want a relationship that's that's one sided mm-hmm. or you know stacked in one direction. And that was really hard to watch. Yeah, but I mean in a good way. In a, in a good yeah. way. It wasn't it wasn't cringy. Um, in the way that some other parts of the episode were. Uh, you know, where where just so much honesty, and they're both crying. Um, yeah. And that was that was just really hard. It was really, really hard to watch and uh, and right, and then after that, David basically decides, um well, I guess I'm gonna go back to buying my friends, yep, and gosh,
0: well, that... and then he he drives off at the end of the episode as well, so mm-hmm. we don't know where he's gone stealing Roland's truck
1: <laughs> right right um yeah, it was it was. It was really great. It was painful. By the way, um, the other plot, I guess I'm not really sure which one to call the B plot, but, you know, Johnny thinks he has found a buyer. As soon as that guy showed up, I was like, oh, okay, well, he's clearly dying of a heart attack by the end of the episode.
0: Um, we also haven't established what owning this town even means. This is what I keep wondering. like, I, What does it even mean yeah. that I own the town? I haven't figured this out, but...
1: Yeah, I, I actually was wondering. I mean, I realized that is a thing...
0: Because it's not like they own the property. It's not like this is some feudal situation where like they own right, the property not, and can thus exact rents out of people. Right, you still um, pay taxes to. Yes. Canada, like
1: I, yeah. I mean, to be fair, in many ways, it's a plot device.
0: One hundred, yeah, totally, um, and that's totally.
1: okay. I'm okay with shows having.
0: Well, and it's a plot device that kind of is used as an inciting event and and kind of doesn't, again, not to give anything away, but like the ownership of the town doesn't really become the main driving plot after this season.
1: Yeah, and nor does it need to be. I mean, it's, yeah. um, I do this all the time, but I'm going to go to an anime example. One of the things that I love about Something like Dragon Ball Z, which is a show that has a reputation for being a show about punching for little boys, which they're not entirely wrong, but there is more to it, um, is that it is a show that does not sweat its continuity Mm. in a way that can actually be a little funny sometimes. Yeah. But I like it because it's like, look, we're not going to get the worst moments in the show are the ones where they're trying to overthink the continuity. Who cares? Right. You know, at this point, the main characters look, have been retconned where it's like, whatever, it's fine. They're going to look the same age as they do now until they're 80. That is part of the canon. <laughs> it makes no sense. But as a fan, it's just like, yeah, whatever. I want to keep seeing these people have adventures. Who cares? You know, it, it doesn't, does not matter at all. Don't yeah. overexplain explain it. Um, I don't need midi chlorians, you know. Um, that's, that's not that that doesn't enhance the experience. So, I, but yeah, I also had a moment of being like, "So they own the motel? Like, who does Stevie work for?"
0: That <laughs> like, that actually gets that there that, that gets answered. Does it? Of. Okay, that's pretty so, so It.
1: I'm on board with that.
0: Just it comes up.
1: That's very funny.
0: Hang on to that question.
1: Um, so. This season, it's really interesting because, you know, I'm going into this show mostly blind. Um, the only spoiler I kind of have is I know there's a wedding at the end, but uh, I don't okay. know what that means. You, you know, I mean? like, I don't know who's getting married. I don't know. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, that's that's yeah. literally the, the only spoiler I've had. And that was because of Amazon, because I'm watching it on Amazon. Uh, it was okay. their fault because they start. They assumed I wanted to watch the final season. And there
0: was a preview. Okay. Uh, Don't. I will try to not. I um. Are you on? I assume you are not on Twitter, so I feel like I do most of our no. Twitter account.
1: I actually do have I, been checking in on it.
0: Oh, have you? Okay. Sorry if I'm ever spoilery on our. I'll try to not. I'll try I'm to avoid good at spoilery at things. my things. Okay. Um, okay.
1: I know that sounds bizarre, but all right. Um, I've I've been doing a really good job of that. But yeah, it's it's interesting as somebody who's, who's coming into the show late because it's a little tricky for me with this season because I've had so many people tell me, you need to watch season one, but it was that thing I was talking about at the beginning. You need to watch season one, but don't think that season one is necessarily indicative of how the show is yeah. going to go, um, which again is very typical advice. When watching TV shows is like, hey, if you're not totally enjoying the first season or if there are elements of the first season that you think are going to get old, don't worry about it. You know, that's not the show. Uh, So it's been interesting because in some ways I almost feel in assessing this season, I feel a little detached from it Mm. in the sense that I love the characters. I'm on board with the characters, but I'm not overly hung up in terms of the plot yeah. Of this season. But I'm not sure if that's because it's my feelings or because I've been primed. Does that make right. sense?
0: Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. And uh, I don't want, and I am slightly afraid that, you know, now I have my anxiety of like, oh no, are we overselling the show? You know, now that you've, you're right. going into it with so much hype. um, Although again, I mean, I went into it, I started watching it, um, when it was in the fifth season, like the fifth season was on Netflix, but the final season hadn't aired yet. And so I certainly had the internet shouting at me about how heartwarming it is and, and like what a, what a revolutionary show that it was. And there were, I knew, I think I've told you, like I, I knew a couple of specific spoilery things that I was just like, I don't, I don't, I don't believe it. I don't understand. i does not compute how, um, can that, how can this show get i do not believe there was there's one yeah. specific thing that we will talk about when we get there that i'm just like i do not believe that the show can make this happen and have it be believable i just fundamentally mm. do not understand um and yet they and yet it does um interesting yeah so um the uh so i mean like i had my own and yet sure. the show, I mean, it like you can know that the thing is happening and you're still like, I'm here for the journey. Um, so I think it, I think it'll, I hope, I hope it'll, it'll live up to the hype.
1: That's, that's one of the things that's interesting is I, I've enjoyed, or at least I enjoy having conversations with people, partly because, because I think it's, it varies from person to person. I always enjoy talking to people about where they land in terms of spoilers, mm. like in the sense of like, how much do you personally care? You know, how, how much is it going to bother you if you know, you know, certain plot elements of a thing?
0: It Um, kills Lehman because I sometimes am an, like, I will actively seek out spoilers mm. because I get so, like, it's, it's like that, you know, the scene in The Princess Bride where he's like, she does not get eaten by the eels at this time. I'm telling you so that you, you know, you can stop worrying. I'm very, like, I need to know. I need to know the buttercup does not get eaten by the eels at this time and then I can go along. I can I just like I like to know how things are going to go and then I can go along for the ride and I'm here I think, for the journey. It depends on the genre. Me. Yeah.
1: Like the genre of show. Um how how I feel about it because certain genres happy endings are so critical. Mm. Or or like we were talking about I don't think on the episode but we mentioned um, in passing that we both hated the finale to, um, how I met your mother. Oh, And the, the big thing, I mean, I could pick that finale apart on many (laughs) levels, speaking of bad hair and makeup, but, uh, Oh my goodness. But what I really hated about it is that it was a finale that even if you loved the finale, even if I had, um, which I didn't, but it, it essentially made several seasons of the show pointless yeah, And oh, that totally. to me as a viewer just kind of felt insulting. You know, like why make two seasons of the show and, and essentially just hand wave the events of two entire seasons in the first five minutes of the finale or just be like, oh yeah, all those status quo changes, yep. never mind. You know, yeah. and that is is sort of an example where I hadn't watched all of the entire show. And after seeing the finale, it was just like, huh, well... In a weird way, I was kind of glad because it's like, well, I've been spared. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've never I'm I am never i am i do not care. You know, I'm not going to I'm not going to worry about this. And um, what's what's a really funny one. And um, I know you haven't watched this show um, and, and probably won't. And that's totally OK. Um, when the Breaking Bad finale aired, my dad watched it and I was like, no, like, what do you why? Like, because and he's like, oh, I'm never going to watch the show. And then he subsequently binged the entire show and it's one of his top five, I think. Oh, wow. And yeah, which, however that said, at first I was disappointed, but then the more I thought about it, it's like essentially the only thing he knows about it is that some characters who probably deserve it get a happy ending and others are held accountable. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like like that doesn't wreck the journey Mm -hmm. at all. Yeah. You know, it alleviates some of the tension you might feel as a viewer, but I think a lot of the tension, sometimes a lot of the tension that you feel as a viewer is, are they going to stick the landing or not?
0: Right. So yes. for
1: me, having, even though I haven't been spoiled, um, I think if I do get spoiled in terms of plot points, to me, the bigger issue is just knowing that this is a show that people whose opinions I really value and, and whose taste I, I, I connect with. Um, are saying that no, no, no. Like the journey is great. I'm, I'm yeah. okay with that. Um, I'm, I'm definitely.
0: Well, going it's also to enjoy not it. a show that's like built on suspense, right? And and I think part of it is even when you know things like things that I because I, I think I was reading about it, not having not really thinking that I was going to watch it, and hearing what people were saying about it on the internet, being so like I don't know, I don't know how the show goes from what I'm seeing in the first season to what mm. things I've like watching that evolution, even knowing where it ends. It's such a show that's about the journey. I think it 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 almost made it more interesting, right? Because I know where the, like, right. I know I know what the end game is here. And, and I just honestly am so curious how they get there.
1: Yeah. I mean, the thing that I've heard about the show again and again from, from my friends who've watched it is that this is a show about growth, you know, mm-hmm. that, that, that there's yeah. going to be a lot of growth and, um, in a way that is believable, you know, yeah. and, and that's, you know, you've keeps you've said it many times that, you know, this is a show about people who they are still fundamentally the same people they were at the beginning of the show, yet they have grown they've gone
0: into the it. best versions of themselves, right? That's like good... I think I think that's yeah. the what I like about it is it's not that they become it's not like anyone has some earth-shattering experience that fundamentally changes who they are. And I think that's especially true of Alexis and David. they they truly become the they are, they are still Alexis is still oblivious and Alexis and David is still, you know insecure and kind of full of himself somehow you can be both insecure and full of yourself um and yet they are the best they are the best versions of that and I I love it
1: which I and, and I also like the fact that the show demonstrates that um we said it last week when talking about um or not I think it was last week I don't know the episodes are blurring um my allergies are really bad today I have to say. I am just chugging tea and <laughs> and I feel very tired. Um but the also it's snowing and it's a nightmare out there. It's terrible. But most of the country is getting slammed We're not unique. Uh but you know it's I, I appreciate the fact that the difference in life experience between the characters is on full display. Yeah. Um yeah. You know that that Moira does know who she is. She has developed some self-awareness. Um, you know, if you, if you want to look at Moira and David as being extremely similar people, and I think they are, and that's part of the point. And maybe maybe some of that will, will change a little bit, but I think part of what she understands about him is that they're very similar. Mm-hmm. She, however, has accepted her flaws. Oh, yeah. To, to
0: some does. degree, maybe... To an unhealthy degree, accepted her flaws. Yeah, Moira. Moira can maybe use a dose of uh,
1: yeah definitely. shame. Definitely, it wouldn't hurt. But um, but she's also learned how to. Um, in some respects, I was about to say that she's the more likable at this point. I don't know if that's true, but she's definitely um, more self-assured
0: yes oh yeah and
1: in a way that makes her less cruel than he is
0: oh yeah the the
1: thing that we were talking about like even as she's steamrolling everybody as they're planning this fake fundraiser she's
0: not cruel i think that is true moira is no she
1: she's trying to help yeah um and and one of the great things that makes jocelyn such a great character is that jocelyn has the self-awareness to recognize that she can tell the difference between cruelty and cluelessness
0: Oh yeah, uh, and I mean, what I awesome. love about Jocelyn, I mean, Jocelyn is such an understatedly strong oh, character. So good. That she can actually, for all that she seems to be this just superficially smiley nice person, she she has, like, the inner strength and resolve to push back against Moira. And I love, even what, like, the coat thing, how she was just, like, not, she was not gonna take the coat that Moira was trying yeah. to give her. And, like, I... I love it. I love well, and- I I really love Jocelyn. I really do. Oh,
1: Jocelyn's great. And and the and the show is smart to not go down the like typical sitcom path of Uh, Jocelyn continuing to lie to Moira. Oh, yeah. She, she like, admits it almost immediately that she gave the coat away to Ronnie. I also love the moment with Alexis seeing Ronnie's coat and being like, I really love that coat. Fakes are getting so much better. And Ronnie's like, I know, right? It was (laughs) fabulous. I I just, I love that. It was very funny.
0: I also want to say, I was appreciating in the, particularly in the birthday episode, the back and forth between um, Roland and Johnny. For all that I do... Continue to have my issues with Roland and will have my issues with Roland until the end of the show, even though he gets moments of betterness. Um, for all that I he does annoy me, I do think that uh, he and Johnny have incredibly good comedic chemistry. Mm,
1: mm-hmm.
0: Like that, that kind of straight man, not yeah. straight man, like vibe. I mean, almost like an Abbott and Costello kind of old vaudevillian duo yeah. bit. Like they just they do have a very funny energy together, and I I think it's worth. This sounds like such that. a
1: backhand compliment. The character could be worse.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. You
1: know, and I and I don't I don't mean that as a backhand compliment. You know, this yeah. is the kind of character that walks a very fine line. Um, could be a lot worse. Could be a character who um, the show and and it's interesting to me because I know the show only gets better from here. That hearing you say very early that Roland doesn't go away leads me to believe, okay, this is, you know, this is a character whose tone they're going to only continue to figure out, um, yeah. you know, where where he's going to um, exist in this world maybe a little bit better.
0: Well, and I think there's something to, I don't know how much Roland really changes, but I think Johnny's way of interacting with Roland changes. Mm. Right. I think there, you know, when we talk about who gets accepted, it's not just that the roses, it's not just that the town accepts the roses, the roses learn how to accept the town. And I think for all that, I I don't know that Roland really changes. He gets Mm -hmm. some redeemable moments. Mm -hmm. Um, But like there is a, there is a way Johnny learns how to interact with him that I feel like is, is nice.
1: That's yeah that that and that makes sense to me. That makes sense to me for the characters. Um and I'm I'm excited to see more. I think that's that's the thing that I have to say. Excellent. The the season Excellent. I think does a good job um you know of ending on a cliffhanger that I'm actually mm-hmm. invested in.
0: Nice. Um, it did Where a really David good job.
1: Is. Yeah, it did a really great job of funneling down to the parts of these characters that I care about the most the I'm I'm honestly finding myself more invested than I thought I would in Alexis relationship drama in the sense that her character has demonstrated growth in the last couple mm-hmm. episodes or maybe yeah. not growth but dimensions you know you've yeah. seen dimensions of her um, her being kind to Twyla I thought was lovely um, and maybe even feeling some genuine guilt about Ted mm-hmm. yeah uh, that was
0: that I was liked nice. I liked her her final bit of like I think think I'm engaged. I think I just cheated on my fiance. And Johnny's like, oh she'll be fine.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Like, like that's she's doing fine then. Like that's this is she's living her life. What was interesting, I thought, is when the when the buyer purchaser for the town when the when that fell through um because of obvious heart attack Deus Ex Machina. By the way, that guy was like such a Texas cattle baron um, stereotype. Um, as somebody who lived in Texas for a time. It was just like, oh, man. I, I, n- I have never met this man in real life, actually. see <laughs> um, on but, TV a lot. Yeah, it's on TV a lot, but I lived in Texas for three years and never saw it. To be fair, I lived in Austin, the least Texas part of Texas, but still.
0: Um, the, the People's Republic of Austin, is the yeah, as the Bernie movie referred to it.
1: It's such a great place. But um, it, it was interesting to me that the way the episode ended, it was very obvious that... Um, Alexis was barely disappointed mm. if she even was, Yeah, it, you know, not, not to say that I think she's thrilled with the situation. Cause if she could have left, she certainly would have. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that I thought for a minute that she would be like, Nope, I'm staying with Ted. I'm, I'm, you know, pursuing this relationship with Mutt. I just, I think that Alexis in many ways is
0: the most resilient. Oh, one. I think, and, I think there's a lot of truth to that,
1: which is cool. And and is, and is a lot of fun to watch of how quickly she bounced back. Or at the very least, maybe acknowledges reality faster than the rest of them.
0: Well, kind of acknowledges reality and is like, okay, I'll work with the reality that I have in front of me. And I'm going to try to make the best of whatever I have here. Right? So.
1: Um, That said, this has been officially the longest episode we have done, which makes sense. We are covering the most episodes. Um, So... Yeah, I think that's my wrap up. I am. I am right. excited to I'm excited to move on. I'm excited to um, have this season. watched. people have been telling me for so long to watch the show since back when I lived in Austin. Um, nice. So I'm very excited. I'm very uh, I'm
0: enjoying going on this journey with you, Rachel.
1: It's been a lot of fun. And I would like to say again, for anybody who would um, like to watch the show along with us, it is actually free. Even if you don't have Amazon Prime, you just have to watch commercials. Uh, nice. And it's not as bad as it seems. It's where the normal commercial breaks are. Um, it's not like that weird internet thing where the commercials are just oh, wedged that, in yeah. whenever. Yeah, they're not doing that. Um, so it's, I mean, you have to watch commercials, but I have not found them to be super obtrusive. So it's actually not Amazon. It's IMDb TV, which I guess Amazon Oh, nice. Because of course they do. Of course um, they do. But it, it has been a great way to watch the show for free.
0: We are the revs rachel you can find us at the revs rachel on twitter you can find us at the revs rachel on spotify and itunes and all of those good places and if you would like to let us know how you thought the first season was um, or what you're excited yeah. about for season two email us at uh the revs rachel at gmail.com so until next time rachel until next time talk to you later Bye.
1: love.